This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Welcome to Prime Video's Culture Rated Collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to a special series here on the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast called She is Uncompromising. Women are constantly told to sacrifice ambition in order to have the rich family life that we all deserve. That's a lie. When we quietly accept this lie, we kill an important part of ourselves and our destiny. We compromise who we are until we end up unhappy and failing to fulfill God's plan for our life. Total life success means the baby and the business the thriving marriage and the growing company, purpose and profit, destiny and dedication to the path that is predestined for you. It's whatever makes you happy, whole and fulfilled. My latest book, She is Uncompromising, reveals the hard-won lessons and spiritual truths that can help all women take control of their lives. It's filled with poignant scriptures, intimate stories, practical exercises, and it's a must-have blueprint for building an unbreakable foundation of faith, family, and abundance. You can grab your copy today at tatumtamia.com book or click the link in the show notes. 
Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sitting down with people who exemplify this same message by being uncompromising in their own life. In this episode, I sit down with Dr. Rochelle Whitaker. Dr. Rochelle is an educational psychologist, licensed professional counselor and supervisor, and a trusted authority on the treatment of mental health issues for women of color. She is a leading champion for empowering parents and caregivers to become strong advocates for themselves and their children via education and implementation of specialized treatment plans that address the unique dynamics of ethnic cultures and communities. Dr. Whitaker specializes in treating women of color suffering from postpartum depression, reproductive challenges, infertility, and infant loss. She is a certified perinatal mental health professional. She has over 17 years of experience in counseling and assessment, providing these services via private practice, social service agencies, schools, and transitional living facilities. In addition, Dr. Whitaker provides training and workshops throughout the city to various social service agencies, hospitals, and private organizations. Dr. Whitaker earned her doctoral degree from Texas Tech University, her master's degree from Sam Houston State University, and her bachelor's from Grambling State University. I am so excited for you guys to hear our conversation today. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and another installment of our She is Uncompromising series where we sit down with women who have inspired me by just being uncompromising in any area of their life. So right now we're talking to Dr. Rochelle Whitaker and I am so excited to talk to you um, because I just love your story and the work that you do about being uncompromising about families. And of course, we'll get to your podcast and things that you talk about with raising sons, but I see the work that you do is just being uncompromising about building healthy families. So parents, children, and the whole family unit. And I really wanted to talk about that on the show because I think it's really important. I've already read your bio, so everybody knows all the credentials <laughs> and all the degrees. <laughs> Let's start with how did you get into this work? What made you want to build healthy families? So I don't know that I initially went into this thinking that. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here too. But I don't think I initially went into it with that intention in mind. I used to uh, work in the school systems, uh, school system, doing uh, testing for kids who had uh, who were suspected of or who had some type of disability. And so what I realized from working with them was no one was really addressing the root cause of their of their behavioral issues. And so we know that it's coming from an emotional place. So I said, well, let me start a practice so I can address the issues. And I loved working with kids. And I was like, I'm going to work with kids. And mm -hmm. so started the practice, started working with kids, loved it. But what I realized was like, I was like, we uh, work with the kids. We get to a good place. We would terminate our counseling relationship. And then they'd be back. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what's happening? And so I was like, okay, I need to start from a top-down approach because what was what was happening was they were getting better, but they were going back into the same environment. So mm -hmm. parents were stressed and having to deal with all of these things, and but those their concerns and needs weren't being addressed because we were focused on the child. So mm -hmm. I said, let me start with you know working with um, parents. And so that not only did I recognize that, but then I became a mom too. Um, and then I went through all the things that you that that a woman could go through in having a baby complications, postpartum depression, traumatic birth experience. And so it kind it, it happened like right on time. So mm -hmm. I was noticing what was happening in my practice with kids um, coming back and not addressing the the issues with the parents. And then I became a mom and I started I experienced all the things I experienced. And then it just kind of made sense. And mm -hmm. um then I realized, you know, I have a heart for for boys, uh, for men. And so God has really just been taking me on this journey that mm -hmm. I didn't intend to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have some resistance to it? Because I think that's most of, most of our paths. God just does what he does and we're along for the ride. But sometimes it can be scary and it can be a little nerve wracking to be taken on that journey. So did you ever have any fear or hesitancy to do what he's calling you to do? 
Oh, uh, yes, because I had a plan. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, maternal mental health is 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 something that, especially like in our communities, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, it's not something that's widely talked about. So mm-hmm. when I had my own experience, I, I had an idea. I knew what I was going through, right, because I was uh, familiar with with all the, the all, all the things dealing with postpartum. But um, I was reluctant to seek help. Right. Because I was like, somebody going to take my baby, which mm-hmm. I say is rational and irrational at the same time, because it does happen to women. Um, and so I I was like, well, I if I'm having these issues and I know what it is, um, there are lots of women who don't know what it's called and don't know where to go to seek help or if there's someone that looks like them. So mm-hmm. I wanted to become the 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 thing that I was looking for. Um, and that's you know, that is what I did. Um, and then I was like, I had this whole plan. I was going to have this maternal mental health clinic and all these things. And then God whispered in my ear and he was like, parents. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is it? What are we doing here? This is not the plan. Um, and so I, you know, kind of shut down my counseling practice. This all happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I shut down my counseling practice, uh, homeschooled my sons, um, and then God just started showing me, just bringing things back to mind that I had kind of forgot about. And I was like, okay, but yes, there was lots of fear, um, lots of resistance, um, just because it was so unfamiliar and uncertain. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you walk by faith, you don't know what's coming next. You just are like, okay, God, this is what we're doing. What does this look like? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. so how did you overcome the fear it did was it something you pushed through did you have to like take a step back and and pull yourself together or like what was that process of overcoming yourself to get on on board so uh (laughs) part of it was um getting quiet so i had to go back and look through my journals and so actually god was answering was answering prayers that i had prayed so Mm -hmm. um when the pandemic hit I had been in a PhD program, which I started when my son was six, my youngest was six months old. Um, So I had a toddler and I had a six month old and I'm in a doctoral program and I had to travel. So um, by the time I came out of the program, I didn't give myself time to rest. And so what I started writing in my journal was, you know, Lord, I want to spend more time with my sons. Um, I'm, I don't think that I, I, I need to change. There's, there's something else. Um, and so the pandemic hit. Um, and what I realized was that I had lost myself. So I say that a lot of times it takes a woman about two years to kind of get back into herself after having a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, so not only had I, you know, started back school, started school back um, after having my son, but then you go into a doctoral program and they kind of tear you down to build you up. So everything you mm-hmm. thought you knew, you like, well, maybe I didn't know. I don't know as well as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things were happening at the same time. So I really never had an opportunity to kind of get back to me. And then I finished the program and it's um, in my mind it's go time. So let's do all these things. And during the pandemic, what God was showing me was like, you, you needed to, I needed to be restored. I needed to really find out who God says that I am and mm-hmm. what his purpose was for me. So that was a long process. And I had to let go of a lot of things. Like I was uh, teaching at a university. Um, I was, uh, you know, in this practice, building it. Um, and God said, let it go. And yes, there were mm-hmm. lots of moments but I had to I was like well if I stay here and I'm feeling all this angst um this is not a it doesn't feel good um so that's kind of what pushed me to say okay well let me you know see what's on the other side of this if God is on the other side of this then it's got to be something greater Mm -hmm. I love that I love how you talked about having to essentially relearn who you are through Christ Mm -hmm. I talk on a podcast all the time about God created us for an intended purpose. Like he knew who we were before he formed us in our mother's womb, like he says, but life circumstances, our own plans, so many different things happen to build us up into something else. And so step one to truly living out whatever God has for you is to essentially be reintroduced to yourself and who you were supposed to be. And the only way that you can do that is taking a step back, like you said, and just really connecting to him. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out. 
So you talked a bit earlier about a top-down approach when it comes to building healthy families and how you realized that a lot of the students you were dealing with were going back into the same environment. Mm -hmm. What are some elements of the environment that causes these familial breakdowns? So there are lots of things, but I think it really starts with the parents, right? Because you can't have you can't have kids without parents. Mm -hmm. And so um when parents are one, so I can say this for myself, because when I was going through the struggle and the strife and I'm on this wheel and I'm trying to do all the things and, and be successful, I was very, I had tunnel vision. And so everything was really about, you know, growing this practice. And so my husband used to say, um, you're with us, but you're not really, you're not really with us. Mm -hmm. And I used to get offended. Like, yeah. what do you, mean? you just don't understand because you're not an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. you want me to work and just all the things. But what he what he was saying and what I later understood, you know, God was really showing me myself was I wasn't present. I Work had become an idol. Mm -hmm. And so um, I couldn't I was there physically, but I wasn't really there um, emotionally and mentally. And so I think when we are out of alignment with um, with with God and with ourselves, then it impacts our family. So I think that's one thing from, you know, just a, as a mom, if you are or as a woman, if you're focused on other things other than your family, then it just creates chaos. There's no peace. Um, because you're not at peace. And so um, I think that's one of the things. And so I also think lack of communication um, between the two parties. So really in a, in a relationship, there's this whole struggle with independence um, and really to be optimally functioning well with your kids, there has to be an interdependence. Like the husband mm -hmm. and the wife have to be interdependent. And mm -hmm. so you all have to be, it's a team. Um, when you have kids, it's a, it's a team approach. And when you start working in isolation, it creates conflict. And so I think, you know, communication, um, not being comfortable or at peace with where you are, and that could be the husband or the wife. Mm -hmm. Um, that creates strife and um, not being able to communicate well. Um, and But that stems from a whole lot of other things, which I will say really at the root cause of that is vulnerability. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be right. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the level of honesty for your husband to say like, hey, you're not here. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm, I'm sure it stung because it stung me a little bit because I would, I would definitely be a little upset. But it's that honesty that breeds unity. Mm -hmm. so what are some things that you did to become more present after that? So that was a long journey. Um, but during the pandemic, I was really able to like get quiet and mm -hmm. um, really tap back into who God says that I was. And so when I made peace, because part of part of my struggle was um, being on this rat race, seeing that other people are doing this and I'm not moving as fast. And so once I got comfortable understanding who God created me to be and what he's placed inside me, um, then I wasn't concerned with other people's what other people were doing and that that need to to strive. And that's really, really what changed. When I had peace within myself, it, peace just kind of flooded throughout my home and it just kind of made everything better for my relationship and then even with my kids. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, um, I feel like I experienced that too because even though I might have like a cutoff where I'm not working anymore and I'm, I'm home, I'd be tired. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I came to... My husband didn't say anything, but I was noticing it where I was like, man, I don't like to be worn out while it's family time mm -hmm. because I'm not fully present because I'm not bringing my best self to my family. It's more right. so what's left over from the day. Mm -hmm. And something I think about all the time is like, how can I, instead of giving my business or the tasks and the things I have to do, the best part of me during the day and my family getting what's left over, what can I do? And you talking you talked about like getting quiet. And that's something that I've implemented as well. Like, okay, God, what do I need to put down today? What am I missing in my household today by being focused on my ambition or whatever? Reveal to me myself so mm -hmm. that I can go throughout this day doing 
what you called me to do in every area or every hat that I wear. So my family, my business, all of the things like you really have to be in the root of being uncompromising is that relationship with God. Yep. Because for as long as you try to do anything without him and without being dependent on him, it's going to be less than what he has for you. Mm-hmm. And so I love that every answer has been, I had to get quiet. <laughs> I had to ask God I, because that's what's necessary. Yes. We cannot do it in our own strength. We weren't built to. Mm-mm. And it's no point of having this you know, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the word, we have all of these resources to be able to live out this life. How foolish will we be to not use them? Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) To go into a war with no armor on that we have, like that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so, so glad that you brought that up. So you talked about moms losing themselves in motherhood and in marriage. How can we prevent that? Because it's so easy to do. And it it always baffles me just how like, you know, we are these individuals before we get married, before we have children, marriage and children, most, I mean, I'm assuming our desires of our hearts. (laughs) So we get these things that we want and then we get lost in them. How does that happen? I think we pour so much into our families, into our, our marriage and into our kids that it happens before we even recognize what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's easy. I think a, a lot of women by nature are nurturers. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to to pour out. It's harder to pour in. And so it just happens. Like I said, it just happens without our, um, before we even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, we used to have a Mother's Day brunches. Uh, my mom, my aunt, um, my cousins, my sister. And so one of the questions that I asked, I was like, why didn't you all tell us that it was this hard? Because looking at them and how we grew up, it didn't seem like they were struggling. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, did we miss something? And they were like, oh no. I mean, as kids, we just didn't see it. Like my mom was like, you know, sometimes I go on long drives. She's like, I just leave Mm -hmm. you all with your dad. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's like, it would get to be too much. Um, but as but that's not what it looked like to us. And so now I understand, like from her vantage point, like, OK, yeah, I understand why you took those drives. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem like she was struggling at the time. And I think one of the things that we have to start doing more of is talking openly and honestly about how to preserve yourself in marriage and in motherhood. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I asked my mom after I had my oldest son, I was like, well, maybe I need to stop working. By then I was working for myself. And she was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> she was like, um, figure out a way to do what you need to do. Um, she was like, you know, pull back on your hours, work less. But she was like, don't stop working. She was like, cause you need something for you. And yeah. so I'm so grateful that she, you know, she told me that, but you know, in the Bible, it talks about older women, um, mentoring younger women. And I think you, we've lost a sense of community. And I think we need more of that because that's mm-hmm. how you keep yourself. You know, if my mom had not told me that, then I don't know if I would have, you know, what business would have looked like, what entrepreneurship would have looked like, um, because I was having a hard time trying to manage all the things and I wanted to spend time with my son. And I was like, how is it supposed to work? Um, and so I think it's, you know, having other women who've been where you where you are to say, hey, you know, have you, you know, brushed your teeth? Have you taken 10 minutes to for yourself in the shower? Have you gone mm-hmm. for a walk today? Leave the baby with your husband or leave the baby at the daycare for an extra 10 minutes so you have more to give him or her when you pick them up. So I think um, we definitely have to do a better job of talking about the struggles that we have and then um, supporting each other in, you know, making sure that we don't get lost. That's so good. And we wear these capes, especially as black women, we're, mm-hmm. we're really, really good at powering through and yeah. it's not healthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, the previous generation, they had to, And we have so many more resources and access to things that they didn't have access to. And so it's just so important that we fight to utilize those things. I remember um, when I had my son and I was looking for ways to just like my mom has always been just a great grandparent where I'll call and she'll be like, say less, drop (laughs) them off. (laughs) Like I'm going to come get them. And I used to feel so bad about that. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I'm such a terrible mother because I have to drop my son off for the weekend so that I could get a break. Or, you know, even when we were just hiring help with to help with him and things like that, I would have um, moms tell me, well, I raised all these kids while working. Da, 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 da. You can, and I'm like, OK. <laughs> and I got to the point where I didn't care. But initially it, it made me look at myself like, man, am I less of a mom because I need some help? Am I less of a parent because I'm utilizing the resources that I recognize that I have? And I've there's so much shame that can happen, and there's and we as I keep emphasizing black women, but you know all women I believe go through this, especially when you're like a high achieving woman and want to accomplish things. We put ourselves or we put these unrealistic, ridiculous expectations on ourselves, yes. and it's simply not healthy. Oh, I totally, I totally agree that we do put these unrealistic expectations. But part of that, I think, is because oftentimes we're looking at our parents or our mm-hmm. moms and they haven't communicated to us that they struggled. And so we think we're alone. No one else is having these issues or, you know, it's just us. And so mm-hmm. I think that tends to feed into that shame because then we don't speak up and we're like, okay, I'm not going to drop off. I'm going to do all these things mm-hmm. and we're suffering. Um, but we're trying to hold up this, uh, expectation or this thought that, you know, nobody else had to, had to ask for help. But mm-hmm. of course, you know, we all know that that's, that's just not the the truth. And what I found out with working with women in the maternal mental health aspect is that women back in the day struggled too, but it, they didn't they didn't have these terms for it. Mm-hmm. There was so much more community. So you may have lived next door to your grandmother. And so, you know, I've heard women say, well, no, my mom didn't experience anything. And I'm like, okay. They were like, so I'm like, okay, well, you have siblings. So let's talk about that. And so they'll mm-hmm. say, well, when my mom had my sister or brother, you know, we spent a lot of time in my grandmother's because my mom would be in the bed. Yeah, she was probably dealing with postpartum, but that's not what was called. And because they had community, the kids weren't missing out on anything. It, mm-hmm. it Things continued to flow. So I think it existed even back then, but there weren't these terms around it. There wasn't... Um, I don't even know that there was shame or stigma around it because it was just like, well, you're just going to go to your grandmother. She's next. Just go next door. You know, mm-hmm. um, mama's going to mama got to heal from the baby. I mean, you know, so mm-hmm. um, I think there's been with the change in how we live our lives and the fact that we don't have community. A lot of things that we were able just to take care of. um we just aren't able to do the same things. And so there's all this stigma now because it's like, oh, you can't do this. Well, you weren't doing it before, but no one was making a big deal about it. It just what was was happening. This episode is brought to you by NPR. As a Black woman, it is just so important to have Black stories and to see myself represented in the media. As a mother of two beautiful Black little boys, it's important for me to show them representations of themselves in the media so that they can be inspired and know that the possibilities are endless for them and their futures, and also so that they can see their stories told. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. 
I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I've been thinking a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because, I mean, they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. They have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Yeah, my um, husband's Nigerian, and one of the things that I love the most about his culture is the community and the mm-hmm. family aspect. When, man, when I had my son, there were people that I don't even know just showing up at the doorstep with food. This is auntie such and such, and just mm-hmm. bringing stuff. Just the door bell was ringing every <laughs> hour with somebody just bringing something even now, like my father-in-law, usually I just tell him and he tells everybody. And, um, you know, even now people, family that I don't even know buying stuff off the registry, I'm like, BJ, who's this? And he'll tell me, okay, we got to call them and, and say, thank you. But just the, the community is what I love because like you said, it's so important. Mm -hmm. And, and, I don't, I'm sure it's an American thing, but with other cultures, community is a huge part of it. And I I wish that's something that we would kind of step into more Mm -hmm. so that we can utilize the different resources that we have. And you're providing some resources. Usually I do this at the end, but I think it's a good time. (laughs) You're providing some resources too. I want you to talk a bit about the resources that in the communities that you're building for dads and for moms and parents of children with disabilities. Yeah. So what I've um, seen is dads are oftentimes left out of the conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. They're left out of you know, the whole when you talk about parenting, most of the time you, you think about moms, but dads, there are dads that are very present. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they tend to get um, the short end of the stick um, just because they're not as expressive. Usually they're uh, less communicative. So you don't hear about, you know, their struggles. Um, but what I've seen is um, even with dads, you know, dads can experience postpartum. And so I talked about postpartum I took it to the barbershop because what in when I was practicing, what I was noticing was when women were struggling with postpartum, it wasn't the women calling. It was their their spouses or their boyfriends saying, hey, you need to tap in or they're calling me, asking me questions or setting up the appointments. And so I was like, well, let's find out what men know about postpartum. And so mm-hmm. we took it to the barbershop and there was one barber just in, you know, <laughs> I won't say by happenstance, divine intervention. He mm-hmm. had just had a baby. And so he was um, struggling because his his girlfriend wasn't letting him see the baby. And he was like, can me and experience postpartum depression? And I was like, yes. And what he said was, if you hadn't come in here and talked about this, who would I have talked to about it? 
Mm. So, uh, you know, from there, I know that there's space needed for men to have conversations about the struggles that they're facing. A lot, a lot of times as women, you know, we think about ourselves because we're thinking about, you know, we're carrying the child. And so all of the things, but men experience, they're experiencing stressors from having a baby too. It just looks mm -hmm. different from us. And I think that oftentimes gets left out of the conversation because they're not communicating. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're thinking about the finances and, you know, long-term. I hear men all the time talking about, okay, well, I have a baby at, you know, 25, then I'm going to be on the hook for the next 18, 20 <laughs> years. I got to get them through college so I can't retire. So, I mean, they're <laughs> thinking about all of these things from a, from a financial provider standpoint and it's mm -hmm. it's not any less important um and so you know wanting to give rise to them and having a support group for dads who are you know are, are new parents or just dealing with all the things that men deal with um and then and along the same lines i noticed also in working with kids with families diagnosing their kids with um different disability conditions that dads oftentimes have the hardest time accepting the the disability um mm -hmm. and then it's like well they can't you know moms a lot of times are proactive let's jump into it let's let's do what we need to do and dads are like oh no you know they're hesitant or they're saying you know it's not not my son not my child um it happened more more often with with sons mm -hmm. um but um it's like where do they get to let down their hair and talk about some of the, the fears and the struggles they have with having a child with a disability, the uncertainty, what they don't know. And I don't all, all of the time know that they can communicate that with their wife because she's going through her own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so they tend to stay quiet or sometimes they leave. Um, and so it's wanting to give them space and room, a safe space to be able to talk about these things so that we can keep our families together and we're better mm -hmm. together. Absolutely. So tell people where they can go to be a part of the events and the sessions and things that you're doing. Sure. Um, so the website is um, Take Your Next Steps. When you get to the website, there are you can go down two pathways. There's a pathway for corporations and then there's a pathway for parents or or we call it uh, Next Steps at Home. Um, so you can you know take the pathway to, to home. You just click on the button um, and then it'll open up to the different um, services we provide for new parents, parents of children with disabilities and then um, parents raising sons. Got it. Take your step. Take your next steps dot com. Yep. Takeyournextsteps.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes to make it convenient for everybody too. Awesome. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk about sons. Of course, <laughs> I have, I, I say one and a half sons. <laughs> one, <laughs> one on the way. <laughs> one son. So of course, I've always loved the messaging. Um, and I want to know what made you want to focus specifically on raising sons when it comes to your podcast and then one of the pillars of your business? Um, so I have had a heart for boys. Uh, I, I can't even tell you. It really started with my cousin. So I have a cousin that's a few years younger than me. Um, he has he I mean, he's a grown man, but he was diagnosed with ADHD long, long time ago. Um, and um, I could not I never could understand when we were younger. Um, he would do the craziest things and then he would get like spanked or in trouble. And then he would turn around and do the same thing again. And I was like, stop it. Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, and so, you know, we later found out that he had ADHD. Um, so speed up some years. Um, his my aunt came to uh to live with us. Um, and at the time she was going into transitional housing. Um, and so he was, he must've been around 16. And so he couldn't go with her because he was too old. Um, and um, she made the decision that she wanted to do this her way and on her own terms. So her and her kids were going to um, she was going to, you know, go into transitional housing because my mom was like, no, I want you to stay. She was like, nope. Um, and so my cousin had to go to uh, a shelter. Um, he had to go to a separate shelter and it broke my heart. Um, and I wasn't at the time, I wasn't old enough to be able to um, do anything or, or have him come with me. Um, and it really broke my heart. And I that's really kind of where it started. I, I My um my heart for boys started there. I think I've been on a quest to save them ever since. Mm -hmm. um, and so just 
Um, and then I had sons, <laughs> which is so interesting how God kind of works everything together. Mm -hmm. And I did. I had a not long ago. I asked God, like, God, why? Why did you give me sons? Because I really believe that there's purpose in God giving you the genders of the kids that you have. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that I have a, a full answer. But one of the things that I did notice, um, my husband and I were talking about buying a rug. And he ordered the rug. And I was like, that, that, that wasn't the rug that I was talking about. And the, when so when I, I when I told him that the his face, like it just um I, I, I can't it's hard to communicate, but the look on his face was like kind of just distraught, like just disappointment that he didn't that when I said that's not that's not the rug. And it was like at that moment, God was like, you know, you're a voice um, because I don't think that parents, especially moms, know how much weight we carry for our sons. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Lord, that's a lot of responsibility. Like I started kind of freaking out when when I understood it, like after that experience with my husband, I was like, man, that's. I mean, that's, it's just, that's huge that I have this much power. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, even with my husband, like he was just really kind of, his face just was like downtrodden because I was like, this wasn't the road. That's not what we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but we have so much power with our words, with our signs. And so we have the ability to either build them up or destroy them. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we need to, there, you know, like I said, it was this whole thing with God. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of responsibility. But there are so many, I think, um, parents, especially moms that don't know the power that they have um, with their sons. And, you know, there's all of these things about toxic masculinity and men not doing this and men not doing that. Well, they start off as boys. And so if mm -hmm. we don't recognize and pour into our sons, then, you know, our sons become one of these men that these women are talking about. But then I also think, do moms ever or women ever think about, you're talking about men and how they're toxic and all these things, but you're also raising a son. So are, are you making the connection between, you know, boys become, boys will become men. So how are you, raising your sons. Um, and there's all these idi different idiosyncrasies that come with raising boys that, I mean, I grew up in a house, I have an older sister, so I, there's lots of things I didn't know. Um, and I'm still learning. Um, but in order to raise healthy, you know, he emotionally healthy and whole sons, there's so many things that you have to know. And so I always say you want to start with the end in mind. So I'm like, well, as, as I learn and as God shares with me and as I, you know, my husband tells me different things, I want to also share that with other moms who, you know, may not have a spouse or may, whose husband may not be sharing the same things with them. Mm -hmm. um, different things I'm learning as my sons communicate to me what they need. That is so good. One of the things that I love that you talk about with the podcast and even your Raising Sons manual is how to have certain conversations with your sons. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go into talking to your sons about Christianity, about consent, about racism, all of these different tough conversations that we mm -hmm. have to have. I remember my parents, I have a, a brother, they didn't talk to us, neither one of us about sex. They didn't talk to neither one of us about, um, I know they didn't talk to my brother about consent. They didn't talk to, about, to either one of us about like encounters with the police or we just didn't have these necessary conversations. And a lot of things I feel like all of us, me and all of my siblings had to just learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love how you and, and the background that you have, you're able to teach and break down the way that we have these tough conversations at every developmental stage, right? Mm -hmm. So talking to your toddler about Christ and then talking to your teenager about Christ, talking <laughs> to your child that's about to go to college, um, mm -hmm. about Christ. And I, I love that because even with us, with our son, I'm always thinking like, how do I instill Christ in him at two? And mm -hmm. one of the, and we just winging it, of course, being first time <laughs> parents, we were just winging it, but small things like praying with him every night, mm -hmm. getting a little, little Bible stories, one of those little board books for babies. Mm -hmm. um, my husband will just read scripture. Like he'll just break the Bible out and just read scripture before bed um, or praying with him. So now mm -hmm. our son will recite, now I lay me down to sleep. Like he'll say the... <laughs> that prayer or he'll throw a scripture out there and I'm like what are you 
who taught you songs? Um, <laughs> and that's just something that they do in their bedtime routine. But I didn't realize that I could teach him about Christ that young, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, because I didn't think he would understand. But just those little intentional things. And I, I love that. And I think the the core of everything that you've spoken about and that you're doing is just about being intentional. Mm-hmm. And you speak a little bit about just some ways that we can have these difficult conversations with our sons at every age. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I have been using Claritin-D for many years. One of the biggest struggles that I have with my allergies is that they usually cause sinus problems as well. So Claritin-D has been such a relief for me because it addresses not just the allergies, but the sinus issues that happen as a result of the allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now listen, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. It's not just about the gross, but it's about what we net, what we take home. And NetSuite gives you the perfect opportunity to net more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. With the way that the economy is looking right now, everything costs so much. So when it comes to these businesses, we have to make sure that we are cutting costs and finding ways to save money and boost performance at the same time. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash blessed. netsuite.com slash blessed. netsuite.com slash blessed. So the, the biggest thing I think um, or, or the ways that we can do these things is we have to create space for our sons to be able to want to come and talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we do that is um, something that I that I recognized and realized was, you know, you know, a lot of times we're busy. We're, you know, trying to get our kids out the door, doing this or that. And mm-hmm. oftentimes they want to have conversations with you at the most inopportune times. Mm-hmm. And so when you tell them come on, get your bag. And you don't stop and acknowledge the fact that they want to have this conversation. The the likely chance that they'll come back and have that conversation with you is next to none. Because if you think about it, if you think about it as as an adult, if you're talking to someone and you're trying to convey something to them and they shut you down and say, I have to go or I can't talk right now, the likely chance you're going to bring that back up to them is next to none. Mm-hmm. And so um, as an adult, though, you're you can you're more conscious of uh, you're choosing this because of this. Kids aren't. They just won't. They'll just not share. And so mm-hmm. um, when we're busy and they're wanting to have conversations, you can say things like, let's wait till we get in the car or let's pick this back up later. I hear you. You want to validate the fact that you're hearing them. Mm-hmm. But 
you you know now is probably not the best time um i'll tell my sons before bed because one of my sons is a is a night owl and so he likes to come and have these deep conversations at nine <laughs> o'clock and i go to i get up early so i'm like listen i want to talk to you but i'm tired Let's pause and have these conversations in the morning because I'm not at my best self and I'll tell them. And so I think it's important to be to create space for them to be honest with them. Um, and so just like I told him, like, this is not a good time. I'm tired. You're not going to get the best of me. So let's just, mm -hmm. table. Um, you know, being honest, being open and then <laughs> being vulnerable. So being vulnerable looks like you saying I'm sorry. So if you make a mistake or they don't understand something and you kind of lash out at them. Um, it's coming back and saying, you know what? That wasn't the best way to handle it. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times though, parents don't. And so it makes kids think that they have to be perfect or you're perfect. And they put you mm -hmm. on this pedestal. So when they're messing up, they're less likely to want to come and talk to you about their, you know, failures or mistakes, thinking that you're going to hold it against them because you're, you know, you do everything right. So mm -hmm. that's good. I, I love that. It reminds me of um, one of the parenting styles I read about conscious parenting, mm -hmm. where what I like about that style from what I've read is just it's all about just self-regulation, making sure that you're whole as a parent, being intentional and mindful of what's going on and adjusting accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I man, it'd be top of mind for me because I'm like, <laughs> I can't I don't know why is <laughs> we again, we put crazy pressure on myself and I'm like probably the the president of that but I'm like I can't mess him up like I can't <laughs> I just want to give him a life you don't have to go to therapy to recover <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that you know there are people like you who are providing these these resources can you talk a bit about well you mentioned earlier working in the schools mm -hmm. so what are some ways that as parents, we can protect our sons. And I'm thinking more so about the older parents, because this is something I think about when my son is getting ready to start um, school. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, he's going to be out the house. So how do I protect him? And even for the older kids too, from social media, from their friends influence with all of these things that are speaking to them and trying to create them to be something. Mm -hmm. How do we as parents make sure that our voices are heard, especially with these these young boys? Because we have the school to prison mm -hmm. pipeline and just all of these things with these boys, man. How can <laughs> we make sure that we are the dominant voice? I think just, you know, as I was saying before, having that open, honest, uh, vulnerable conversations with your with your children, with your sons, um, I think it's important to one of the things that I've learned is that I I don't I can't when my technically at all times. But when my sons leave, you know, being with me there, I can't control it. So what we do in the morning times is that we pray. I, I started praying with my sons um, in the morning time and I, you know, I'm asking God to cover them, um, to keep them. And so prayer definitely is one of those ways that we can, you know, protect our sons. But also when we talk about social media, it's having conversations with them about what they're seeing and hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you are the resource that you are the source. They want to come to you first, or even if they hear something at school, they want to come back to you, um, to, you know, ask questions. And so you want to be that open space. You want to provide that safe space where they can come and ask questions without feeling judged or, um, or like someone is going to like you're going to penalize them for for asking things. And so I think that's important. My um, son sh has shared some things with me. Now, they share a lot of stuff and I'm like, oh, MG, it's also <laughs> responding how you respond. So if you freak out when they start telling you stuff, they're not going to mm -hmm. tell you. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm glad my you know, we might be in the car and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm glad my back is to them because I'm on my face. I'm just like, what? <laughs> um, I did um, like my youngest son, and this is kind of funny, but he told me that um, his one of his classmates uh, was dating. And I'm like, how are you dating at eight? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he broke up with, you know, such and such and they were all upset and they were crying. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
what are you talking about? And then he was like, um, what did he tell me? He said his heart his in his head was for one girl and his heart was for another. <laughs> like, what are y'all watching on <laughs> But you know, I mean, it, it was funny, but it also gave me the opportunity to have a conversation with him about, mm -hmm. okay, so, you know, how did, tell me more about your thoughts around this and what were you thinking and what did you do? Um, and I think, where your heart and mind at? <laughs> yes. And so I think it's times like this when our kids come to us about stuff that's, that's a little extra um, mm -hmm. that we can, you know, use that to have conversations with them about like where they're thinking and, and what their thoughts are. And I think in those kind of interactions, that makes them want to come back to us instead of looking to social media or, you know, mm -hmm. other things. Something else happened the other day. And my son was like, um, so my eight year old shared with us that one of his classmates started her cycle. And I'm like, how do you know? He's like, oh, the girls told us. And I was like, oh, my gosh, where is the discretion? So I'm like, do you even know what a cycle is? And he's like, no. But then my older son was like, oh, yeah, it's this, this and this. And I'm like, how do you know? So I'm like. You know, so there will be times where your kids are going to find out about things. But mm -hmm. the fact that my oldest son was able to say, you know, he was telling, he was sharing. Then, I, okay, it's my time now to go back to him and say, okay, let's talk about this. What, Like, mm -hmm. what do you know? Um, so it's it's using, you know, kind of letting them lead and you following and then using that as an opportunity to, you know, find out more and have and have them tell you what's going on. And then you coming back and saying, hey, make sure you're, you know, you you can come to me and ask me questions if you have questions about this. So it's mm -hmm. really creating that open space and dialogue um, where they feel comfortable enough saying all the things. I love that. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> his head and his heart. Friends. That is hilarious to me. <laughs> I was like, what are y'all doing in this? What do y'all have this time? Like, what is happening? They watching The Bachelor or something with their parents. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love all of this. And these are the things that you talk about on the podcast. So tell mm -hmm. us about the podcast, um, where people could listen and what they can expect from the show. So the podcast is, um, it's on Apple. It's, it's really everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Um, and you... You know, the, the podcast for me is a labor of love. And so I'm just like I'm telling you about stories that my sons are sharing and the things that I'm using um, to, to help other parents um, in raising their sons um, is what you'll hear on the podcast. And you'll hear me give like tips and strategies uh, for different things as they come up about, you know, raising your raising sons. And I think you, you know, kind of um, pointed to some of those things like having difficult conversations or talking about death. Um, because these are things that I think a lot of parents have hard time, like knowing what to do or where to go, even talking about, uh, puberty, how, you know, how to have those conversations. Um, and so, you know, that's what the podcast is, is centered around. And it's really the whole, the message behind the podcast is starting with the end in mind. So, you know, you start from, the, you start thinking about what kind of man you want your son to be, but you have to start early, um, thinking about that and then putting that into place um, so that they can become, you know, you're in, you're instilling in them all of these different um, morals and values and character traits that you want them to exhibit later in life. And so that's really the, you know, the foundation of the, the podcast. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So the podcast, everybody's called Raising Sons. I'll put the link in the show notes everywhere you listen to podcasts. And then if you want to work with Dr. Rochelle and her team on things that you may be going through with the parent advising sessions that she has or the programs that she has for dads and parents of children with disabilities, go to takeyournextsteps.com and the link for that will be in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Rochelle, for being here. This was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. In our interview, we mentioned the different opportunities that you can work with or learn from Dr. Rochelle, but I forgot to mention that she has her Raising Sons manual that is free. The Raising Sons manual was created to make hard conversations easier, to provide reflective thinking, and to offer tools and resources that enable us to parent our sons with the end in mind. Raising Sons is different. 
And it's her hope that this manual serves as a source of support on your parenting journey. So click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.